0: Welcome to the From the Stands podcast. We're back for another episode. This time we're going to be previewing the Big Ten Conference. It's our last preview of the year. And then we finally have week one starting out. We have real games, real competition. Excited to be with you guys. Jacob, what's going on, man? Glad to to see you here. How's
1: everything going? It's going good, man. You just gave me chills. Football's back, dude.
2: I'm I'm pumped. It's been a while. I am so pumped. Yes, sir. Clint, how's it going? It's good, man. I uh, as much as I love talking college football, I am ready to be done with previews and ready to uh, actually talk about what happens on the field this year. So, yeah, let's uh, let's get this Big Ten going. Um, and uh, what do you say we start with a little Michigan? Let's do it. Let's do it. Well, uh, I see why they are the favorites um, for the Big Ten again this year. It's. Had a great year last year. Obviously, thirteen and one uh, performed really well the whole year. Just had that, you know, the one slip of it just happened to be in the playoffs against TCU. Um, they they come back with a great team. The, on top of that, they have the number one ranked transfer class in the Big Ten. Um, it's just a team that's really doesn't have to change much from what they did last year to, you know, pretty much be. Um, good to go for the whole year going into trying to win another Big Ten championship. So um, they returned six on offense, but it accounts for 84% of their offense production. So that's pretty good. They had a number one rushing offense in the Big Ten last year and fifth in the nation. Um, So really good last year um, with their rushing offense. Running back room is still great with Blake Horn returning. He had 1,463 yards last year, 18 touchdowns before his injury. Um, so he's back. Hopefully he stays healthy. And they also have Donovan Edwards. Um, of course, J.J. McCarthy, a quarterback, 2,700 yards, 22 touchdowns in the air, over 300 yards rushing with five touchdowns. So uh, I think Michigan has, for the last several years, been trying to find the quarterback that kind of fits for them and kind of works. And I think they found that with J.J. McCarthy. Yeah. Uh, uh, I feel like he fits well in their system, and it showed last year that they had a really good season on defense. They turned, uh, returned seven starters. Um, they also had the number one rushing defense in the Big Ten last year. So, obviously, a really great team, um, and they bring back a lot of their talent. And what they didn't bring back, obviously, I just mentioned uh, with the transfer portal, they were able to fill those spots. So, uh, <clears throat> I know – uh, Ohio State has something to say about you know losing the last two years to them, and they're 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 wanting to kind of stop that short streak right there. But it's going to be tough. I mean, Michigan hasn't gone anywhere. Um, I think beating Ohio State the past two years has been their uh, It's been what they wanted to eclipse. They wanted to get to that next stage. And I feel like that was almost tougher than them getting to the playoffs, which is beating Ohio state. Um, now that they're doing that, obviously they went to the playoffs and I wouldn't be surprised if they're there again. Um, schedule wise. I mean, it's again, it's not that it's pretty easy. It, it it paints a nice path unless they just really screw up towards the end to where they're going to have, it's going to be just fine for them to kind of, I won't say coast through the year, you know, it's, Again, the slip ups happen, but here's the first half of the year: East Carolina, UNLV, Bowling Green, Rutgers, Nebraska, Minnesota, Indiana, Michigan State. Uh, I mean, and then Purdue, November fourth. Like, so you're, I mean, yeah. There's not terrible teams on there, but I mean, most of those you're pretty confident Michigan's going to come away with, with the win. Uh, the 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 two ones you're probably circling are uh, Penn State. November eleventh and then um, Ohio State, obviously at the end of the year and in between those you have Maryland, so even their two toughest games, they have a spot in the middle where they can kind of recover play in Maryland, um hopefully that's not a uh, a letdown game for them, uh, not you know looking ahead to Ohio State in between those. But again, I mean, you're looking at that schedule and you're like, geez, I, I don't see why they wouldn't uh, be right back in the, the the championship game again and and putting their place in the uh, college football playoffs. So, yeah, I'm pretty high on them this yeah, year. Yeah, I'm,
0: I'm excited because l- kind of like you said, going back to the quarterback, man, I feel like, and not even just talking the hardball era, I feel like Michigan as a whole has not had like a consistent quarterback in a long time like somebody that's played multiple years at a high level probably going back to like Denard robinson right like 2013 2014 whenever that was i feel like that's been like their missing piece they kind of remind me of lsu like that Um, lsu's had some players and you know before the anomaly of joe burrow but like they have this great squad this great talent great recruiting classes but like they don't have the quarterback to put it all together so finally establishing mccarthy as the guy and i think that's been the issue too is because they've had competition he's like I think this is probably the first year he's going in like knowing he's gonna be the starter, right? Um, since McNamara transferred mm-hmm. out to Iowa's like he knows he's gonna be the starter, he has all the confidence in the world, they've beaten Ohio State. Not only did they beat Ohio State, beat them handily, losing a crazy game in the semifinals. Like I don't see why they don't have like the just utmost confidence uh, confidence right now, probably in the nation, man, to to go out and, and do it again. Like you said, Corm got hurt at the end, that's a big blow. But besides maybe Penn State that I'll talk about later, they probably have one of the best running back like tandems in the whole country. So just as a yep. whole, man, um, I think they're dangerous. Like this isn't one of those, like, oh, they got lucky to beat Ohio state. Like this Michigan team's for real. I would say out of all the teams, like maybe going outside of maybe like a Georgia, I, I would, I would have Michigan as like my like lock to get into the playoff. I mean, obviously they don't have the easiest schedule. Penn state is there. Obviously Ohio state mm, spoiler alert. If I'm, if you're asking me to pick another team besides Georgia, who I think is absolutely going to make the playoff, I'm, I'm taking
1: Michigan. No, I totally agree. That's this is kind of a layup. Um, the biggest question mark is the the Ohio State game because, um, again, Clint, you said that they're bringing back a a, a decent amount of production on offense. I know that this team is like a top five team overall with defense included, of like just returning production across the board. Mm-hmm. Um, they were such a good team. Finally got over that hump last year, made the playoff, and and um, just kind of. They're, they're right here again i mean they've got all the pieces they got the established quarterback like y'all both have said um probably the biggest best duo of running backs i mean this yes yeah, so this team as close as you can get to a lock as, as georgia um in fact i would even say they this team has less question marks than georgia um, they know who their quarterback is and they've been there before so um it'll be interesting to see for sure this is a very good team though
2: yeah, I one thing to mention too. I don't think it's going to matter that much. And JC, you can maybe speak to it a little bit more because I think you actually knew a little bit more about it than I did. But obviously, um, uh, Jim Harbaugh suspended um, first was it three or four games of the year. Um, again, not that that's going to be that critical. East Carolina, UNLV, Bowling Green, Rutgers. So, uh, but uh, just something to note that he is suspending. You said you mentioned it was kind of self-imposed. Yeah. So it came out maybe a month or so ago. Uh, the NCAA, I, b-
0: I believe, put a four-game suspension in. Um, They appealed it. It got rescinded. There was no suspension. And then maybe like a week later, may- maybe two weeks, they came out and self-imposed a, th- a three-game suspension. I'm not sure of all the details as to why they did that, if they're just worried about there still being an investigation going on or what the case may be, and they just want to do this to play it safe, like just to show. Because like you said, if you're going to suspend him for three games, I mean, like, do you really need them for these three? Like, I think any one of us could coach Michigan that
1: to, to three wins. Mm-hmm. That's why they did that. They figured they could go ahead and get ahead of it, so maybe next year, when they have a more difficult schedule at the beginning of the year, since the NCAA pushed this investigation right. back, they said, okay, no, we'll go ahead and get rid of them now and, and go ahead and serve that now. But the NCAA isn't going to look at it like that, probably, and they'll still, over the offseason, be like, all right. You know, here we go. This is our suspension now. Thank you for doing that for yourself, but here's our suspension. That's why some people still, you know, they they've done it for years now. I think, but you know, kind of guess that Jim Harbaugh may be going out, you know, going back to the NFL or something. But um, that's neither here nor there right now. We're here for college football, but um, yeah, they're not going to need him that much for the first three games.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree. I think that's the way to play it, right? Let's just let's go ahead and do it ourselves, and then we don't have to worry about going forward. We got the team to do it. Um, so yeah, pr- probably the smart idea. And it was just kind of weird seeing that, you know, I don't think any team wants to see their head coach, um, get suspended, especially to start the year. But speaking of other teams that are potentially going to win the Big Ten and make a run at the playoff, a lot of people are talking about Ohio State. I don't know if I'm as sold on them as others, maybe because the quarterback position. Is unproven, but what do you got, Jacob? Um, is is the only like worry they have, Michigan, or or what? Like, how's this going to play out with Ohio State? They always have high expectations.
1: Yes, they always do. Um, you, you kind of skipped over your favorite part with Michigan's over under, but I mean, you can go ahead and off the off the bat, maybe <laughs> guess um Ohio State's over under because I mean, you always know they're going to be right 10. up there. I to put
0: them at ten games.
1: Yep, ten and a half. So I mean, that kind of expectations. There's just a handful of teams every year that have that kind of um, over under. So I mean, Ryan Day's squad this year—they they're returning twelve, which is kind of surprising. I, I don't have the the stats in front of me of like you know two years ago how many returning starters Ohio State had, but it feels like they constantly are just churning out guys there, and they're always getting you know just like bam, they're getting kids drafted left and right. Um, so having twelve back, seven on offense, five on defense is kind of surprising to me. Um, but, I mean, they were so close last year. Really, they played in the national championship last year. I know they f- literally didn't, but they played against Georgia in that Peach Bowl, and it was 42-41 and, you yeah. know, what happened in the Natty. So, really, that was kind of the real national championship last year. So, I mean, they finished fourth in the AP poll at the very end, but um, they kind of finished second, you know, in, in a lot of people's minds. So, this team is just out of out of its mind, just stacked everywhere. Um. They're returning Marvin Harrison Jr. and Amike Ibuka. Uh, Things so how you say it, but those two guys are just animals. Um, probably the best duo at wide receiver. Um, you know th- this this team's going to be insane because they're returning also two of their top three leading rushers as well. Um, Mayan Williams and Trayvon Henderson. Um, you know this offense they were the second best offense last year, averaging forty four points per game last year. That's hard to you know anybody kind of compete with um but it's going to be you know they were there were 24th on defense giving up 21 points per game last year that's what i think caused them to to falter you know against michigan and, and the few games they did but um that this team is just going to be next level i know that for sure um your as as schedule uh like you said they they don't have um they have a harder schedule than I think Michigan does because Michigan only has those two real games at the end of the year, Penn State and obviously Ohio State. Um, we'll learn about this team pretty fast because in week four, they have they um, they're at Notre Dame, um, which right now, Notre is ranked 13th. So we'll see how good they're going to be this year. Uh, but then they got Penn State and then obviously they're at Wisconsin as well, but they're obviously playing Michigan at the end of the year. So a little bit more of a difficult schedule. Um so we'll see if they can reach that second half, which is still pretty bold with those teams on on the on the schedule. But uh this this seems gonna be really really good. We know that. I think Marvin Harrison Jr. Dude is is one of the best
0: players in the country. Um definitely gonna be a top ten draft pick. I know he's come up in Heisman um talks as well, which that that's interesting, right? You have Kyle McCord coming in. He's a junior, so he's been there for a little bit, but as much as like I I'm always and kinda of, I started with this saying like I'm hesitant because of the quarterback play, almost like Georgia's situation. You got Carson Beck coming in, he's a little younger, but to me, Ohio State does this every so often when like they have a they have obviously like all the talks, you go back to Joe Burrow when that team with uh JT Baird and Dwayne Haskins and all these guys they had just on the depth chart, these guys are so good, they're just sitting back and waiting on their turn. So I don't know if there's gonna be as much uh, like delay with him starting the season, like they're playing pretty easy guys. I think he's going to come in and and light it up. I just think that when it comes to the big games, like at Notre Dame, because of the quarterback play in that situation, like I would probably now, I would probably take a Sam Hartman led team who's played four or five years that Notre Dame teams, you know, a little bit older, um, maybe not the playmakers of Ohio state, but like you're going into Notre Dame week four, you know, going to be a top, 10 top 15 match i mean i don't know notre dame's gonna end up being ranked by then probably a top 10 matchup i would think that game i would say they need to worry about a lot ohio states when they play really good teams early on um at a conference they seem to struggle i know in the past they like lost to oklahoma early in the year um i think they played like alabama early in the year obviously these are good teams but they're so used to playing these cupcakes early on that they get a like a tough non-conference game Uh, It's really going to test them early, but they get through Notre Dame. Um, Obviously, then you got Penn State and Ohio State or Penn State and Michigan. Uh, To me, it's the only other two teams they, they have to worry about.
1: Yeah, you, you kind of. I'm sorry about not me even mentioning about the quarterback Kyle McCord yet. That I forgot about him because I was too busy drooling over Martin, Marvin Harrison Jr. and like <laughs> any team would love to have that those receivers and and that could be a, a big part of Notre Dame the Notre Dame game is. I, I do agree. Sam Hartman is the established guy, but Sam Hartman do, doesn't also have the weapons
2: that you know Kyle McCord will have. But go ahead, Clint. No, I, I think I pretty much nailed it. Um I agree with JC and and kind of your sentiments, Jacob. I mean, just kind of reload every year. They have no problem doing that. Um, it is interesting to see, like y'all said, the schedule is not quite as favorable as Michigan. Um, you know, week four, they, they got to have it kind of figured out. I I get it. You know, even Sam Harmon not having all the 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 targets uh, that maybe Ohio State has, it's still that's going to be a game they they cannot overlook, and uh, I don't think they will. But hopefully that the quarterback is nice and settled in by that time. Because if not, it's going to be a problem. The Notre Dame is going to be able to score, uh, likely. And uh, it, it's uh, a situation where not the end of the world that they do lose Notre Dame to Notre Dame. But uh, when you're talking about playoff hopes, you don't want to drop Notre Dame and then be going into the last week of the season going. We have to beat Michigan or it is absolutely over. It you that's not right. a situation you want to be in, um, because if Michigan, you know, let's say they go undefeated, Ohio State loses to Michigan. If it's a close game, you now have kind of set the the way for maybe a a, a two Big Ten team situation in the playoffs. Obviously, depending on how the rest of the, the you Know the nation plays out, but uh, yeah, you don't, it, it's you just don't want to draw that game, and I don't think they will. I think they'll be okay, you know. They got three games ahead of Notre Dame to get that figured out, so um, yeah, we'll see. I, you know, obviously losing CDS Stroud, there's going to be some growing pains. I, I hope people realize that and that they don't, you know, start jumping off the wagon too soon, um, before they get it figured out because they will. So, well, we'll that's see. why I think it. Right. And that's actually. I was going to say that's why
0: it helps have you, him Marvin Harrison, because I think if things things get desperate, yeah. man, just just throw it up to him and he'll make something happen.
1: Right. And Clint, your point about uh, both possibly making the playoff. I mean, that happened last year. But I think if Ohio State with the harder schedule, you know, is undefeated and Michigan's undefeated, there's a chance that Michigan may not make it. Um, because of the harder schedule that Ohio State had. I mean, it depends on what other conferences and other teams do as well. But um that very well could happen, just just like it did last year. There's a better chance of that happening than what we talked about a few episodes ago in the ACC, where Florida State and Clemson both
2: make it. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, yeah, I agree. I think I think there's definitely a better chance for those two teams to make it than than uh, Florida State and Clemson. I agree. Yeah, and that hurts my heart
1: to say, but <laughs> yeah, gotta be real. It
0: happens. I will say, after kind of taking a deep dive at this conference, I don't know how many conferences there are besides maybe like the SEC that you could say three three out of the top teams could make the playoff and it wouldn't be a surprise, at least to me. You do a deep dive at Penn State and right. look look at what they did last year. They they run the table, they lose two games to Ohio State and to Michigan. That's the only two. Now granted they lost by like 14 points. They're bringing back, and again, this is why I said Michigan may have the second best tandem uh, in the nation. So Nick Singleton, uh, Nick Singleton, as a true freshman, ran for 1,000 yards last year, 1,061 to be exact. And his freshman teammate, Catron Allen, ran for almost 900. First tandem, freshman tandem to ever run for 700 each in the Big Ten. They're both coming back. Their le- left tackle projected first-round pick. I'm going to mess up his name, but it's it's Olu Fashanu. He was projected first-round pick as a big left tackle coming into the draft. He decided to stay. So off the line is squared away, almost the same as last year. They got two of the best running backs in the nation um, coming in as sophomores. Again, their schedule besides Ohio State Michigan is pretty easy. I mean, West Virginia, Delaware, Illinois, Northwestern, Massachusetts, like going up into those games, man, there's really no reason they're not going to be undefeated going into those games. Penn State's to me, like you win those games, at least win one of the two. Like they're talking about either a Big Ten championship, and you get to the Big Ten championship more than likely out of these three teams, unless they just like end up like devouring themselves by just whatever. Like probably going to end up in the playoff as well if they if they run the table. So I'm just excited to see them, man. I mean, the quarterback uh, is going to be another growing pain for them. And I wouldn't say so much as the quarterback, just for the program. And Sean Clifford was there for, what, like 12 years, I think? I mean, I don't know yeah. how long he was there, but it was a long time. <laughs> so uh, Drew Aller, he's 6'5", 240. He was the number one prospect coming in the last year. So he played in in 10 games, kind of just like coming in and out. Um, but when he did come in, he completed 35 or 60 passes, four touchdowns. So he did enough to like excite the fan base and be like, hey, we want to see more of this guy. I would say definitely they could tell he was better than Sean Clifford, but when you're a ninth year senior, you you kind of kind of get the nod. So they're they a team that's going to surprise some people. Manny Diaz is their defensive coordinator, so obviously like you know coming in, he's been a head coach at other places before, known for his defense. They got a lot of guys coming back. Their secondary only allowed twelve touchdown passes all of last year, which is pretty crazy. So pretty stout on the the back end as well, which you're going to need to be playing Ohio State, Michigan. So I would just look out for Penn State, man. I feel like Penn State's always solid and not that great, but I think they're just they're right under the radar being overlooked just because of the fact Michigan and Ohio State are obviously in that top five talk.
1: Right, yeah, they're coming off 11-2 and two season winning the Rose Bowl last year. I, I just need you to repeat that one more time. You said Drew Aller is 6'5", yeah. 240? Yeah. I am learning that right now. What? <laughs> Holy crap, dude. Yeah, this you just changed my mind about certain things. Wow. Um, this is going to be a dangerous team. I don't know if they can, I mean, they'd have to have Ohio state and Michigan lose an extra game here or there. Cause they're all on the same side of the big 10 conference, um, to make the big 10 championship. But, and that's always been their biggest obstacles. they just are stuck on that side of the conference. But, um, this, this team is <laughs> with true aller like that too, dude, I, this could be a very dangerous team.
2: Yeah. I, uh, I mean y'all y'all hit it. I agree with you guys i just one of those teams that you cannot overlook, and I don't think anybody is they're definitely um I know you mentioned under the radar, but they're not far under the radar uh, they're there they're they're creeping and um I, I do feel like uh there's a good chance one of one of these two other top dogs get get caught uh either Ohio State or Michigan just because they're probably so worried about each other uh that Penn State could sneak someone so um Yeah, let's get that quarterback situation figured out. When did they catch uh, Ohio State? It's not, it's not for till the, let's see, sixth game of the year, seventh game. Yeah. So they got, they got time. I know they have Iowa as well. Um, AP top 25 team at 25. I'm not sure how I feel about that, but we'll see. Um, I know Jacob, you'll tell us more about that later. But yeah, yeah, watch out for, for Penn State. Um, and we'll, we'll, we'll see how they do.
0: So moving on from them, a team that's always kind of, you know, seemed to kind of get forgotten about in, in this conference, especially since it's so top heavy, but a team that's also synonymous with running the ball. The Wisconsin Badgers, um, were they ranked in the top 25 preseasons? you guys know off the top of your head?
1: I've got the list right here and I do not see them.
2: No, they're oh, they're 20th. Sorry. I was about to say, I think they were top yep.
1: 20th. But well, fast enough. <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah,
0: Clint. How do you see Wisconsin like coming out this year? Are they are they going to kind of rebuild? They didn't have the the best year last year as far as Wisconsin standards, but um, starting out the year top twenty five is a positive thing.
2: Yeah, no, I I'm actually pretty high on Wisconsin this year. I, I liked them a good bit. Um, they had a pretty a pretty rough of the year last year. The, their offense ranked 113th in passing offense in the whole nation last year which is obviously not great. Now when we talk about Wisconsin I don't think we always think about having, you know, a prolific passing game. But when it's that bad, uh you're not going to have a great season regardless of what type of uh, offense you're trying to run. Um they do bring back nine starters on offense, so that's good. Um and they also have the fourth-ranked transfer class in the Big 10. So they're making moves. Uh, they bring in uh new OC, Phil Longo, who um, I think is really going to change that program a little bit as far as the offense. Um, I think when, when when we look at Wisconsin, I think a lot of, especially the last few years, we we talk about or we see them and we're like, they, they look like they're just playing not to lose instead of to win. Almost like they're trying to stay safe and not do anything too crazy. Again, maybe that 113th-ranked passing offense is kind of a evidence of that. Uh, but Phil Longo just left uh, UNC... And before that, he was at Old Miss. So that guy is not. Uh he, he definitely knows what prolific offenses look like. And I think he's going to bring some of that to Wisconsin. Um, quarterback-wise, they're going to bring in several transfers. I think the the consensus is Tanner Mordecai from SMU is the, the likely starter. Um, they should have plenty of targets to throw to. I think their top three targets from last year are back, plus to get uh, C.J. Williams from USC transferred in, uh, Will Pauling from Sissy, and Bryson Green from Oklahoma State. So, Plenty of targets to throw to for that quarterback situation that are trying to get figured out. Uh, running back Braylon Allen might be one of the best running backs in the nation. Uh, maybe a little under the radar just because Wisconsin, you know, didn't have a great year last year, but uh, definitely a guy that <clears throat> is really good and it's going to help that offense kind of grow, especially when uh, if, if you're trying to get that passing game going. JC, I know you know, we talk about the running game, that's that's a good balance it helps you open up when you have a good running game. and. Team start low in the box that that helps your passing game because then you start going over the top. So I, I actually like what they're doing on offense. I do like I like the the offensive coordinator hire a lot. Um, I feel like uh, they're definitely going to be uh, an improved team offensively this year. Uh, on defense, they return eight starters, um, okay. uh, so uh, you know have a lot of experience coming back. Only gave up twenty four points uh, or more three times last year, so defense was pretty good and. Uh, they they add some depth obviously through the transfer portal like I was talking about with that fourth rate transfer class so um, yeah the schedule isn't too terribly tough and uh, I, I actually I I'm, I'm pretty high in Wisconsin I'm not usually but looking at their schedule they again this, this is pretty soft start to the year it seems to be the the theme with the Big Ten uh, Buffalo Washington State Georgia Southern they do get Purdue week four at Purdue so that that might be a game to circle to watch for them. Um, but but otherwise they got maybe Iowa and then they have Ohio State. But outside of that, a lot of these games are are pretty winnable. So I would not be surprised at all if we see Wisconsin uh, not only bowling but going to a pretty good one at that. So this is the weird thing: hearing
0: Air Raid and Wisconsin is like just seems so weird to me. With all the great <laughs> yeah. running backs they've had, from Melvin Gordon to a bunch of other guys, with James Cook, I think is the other one that went there. And then not realizing that Tanner Mordecai came in, who the past two years has thrown for over 70,000 or 7,000 yards and like what, 70 touchdowns, some crazy number. The thing is so, with him coming, with the coordinator coming from North Carolina and Luke Fickle being the coach who's got Ohio State ties as well. I guess this is one of those offenses when I like talk about like even during like Clemson, like when they were winning national championships and the good Oregon teams and even the good Ohio State teams mm-hmm. bringing it back to Fickle, as good as they are spread wise and running the like. They've always been able to run the ball. I mean, as as talented as Ohio State's always been on the outside, you've had Ezekiel Elliott and J.K. Dobbins and all these guys running the ball. So I'm actually kind of excited to see this new concept. When I like I said, when I first hear air raid in Wisconsin, I'm like, oh, this is gonna take a while to like figure out because they're not built for that. They always have huge offensive linemen that like want to run the ball. Mm-hmm. But if they take that and pair it with like a spread type run game, dude, this could be a like a dangerous team because especially in the Big Ten, like they're not used to seeing I say they're not used to seeing that. Ohio State's kind of always been that. Um, but if, if they're going to really kind of change the concept of Wisconsin football as a whole, just especially with the quarterback who's got a proven arm, this is going to be a team to watch. Like This isn't going to be eye formation, sweep toss, and halfback dives all the time. Like This is going to be throw the ball around, get it to your playmakers. I'm, I'm ex- kind of excited, man, because they, they always seem to have a guy at running back, whatever the case may be. Um, yeah, with Mordecai being there, man, I- I'm excited to watch them.
1: Yeah, I I I, used, I was thinking like that, too, a few weeks ago. And then I kind of did a little bit of, you know, a own little research on, on Wisconsin as well. Because, I mean, my middle name is Badger. So I guess if I could say that my, you know, favorite Bro, team. Bro, I didn't team, know that. Yeah, is oh, Wisconsin man. Badgers. Um, that's awesome. That's kind of my dad always had like some pants had Wisconsin Badger because his name is Badger, too. So just kind of a fun little fact there. But um, even saying that, dude, I, just, Jason, you kind of nailed it for me, except for the reason is why I'm saying this, this is the first year and they're doing a air raid for the first time. I think this may end up being like an Oklahoma situation where they, they're such a good team for so long. And all of a sudden this new coach comes in and then they have a real bad year. Um, I mean, they had a good year because they had lost a lot of one score games and stuff, but um, th- there may be some growing pains here is what I'm trying to get at. Uh, it's not just an easy plug and play even with the transfer portal nowadays when you're doing that whole like identity change i would say um and like they the only thing that that i could say about wisconsin is if they do have this change and they and they can make it a seamless change they have three decent easy games to start off with to kind of get their feet you know moving um with buffalo washington state and georgia southern like you, you touched on um Purdue is not like an easy little just go in get a win get out because they're going to Purdue and Purdue actually was in the Big Ten Championship last year, um, and we'll get to a few of the other teams. But this schedule isn't as like as much of a walk through for Wisconsin. But I am excited to see it, and I do think Luke Fickle is a the coach to do it, um, and I'm really excited to see what this team could look like in two or three years. Um, but I, I've always, as much as I've said that, I've like pumped the brakes just a little bit of Wisconsin, but that their side of the conference too is. You know, that's a very winnable side. So it'll be interesting to see how they look
2: after the first three games. It Well, is, you know, <clears throat> I want to clear something up to you. I don't know if air raid is the correct term, unless y'all know something I don't know. I don't know if they're actually going with a, a, a prototypical air raid style offense where it's just all just quarterback, fast play, you know, high tempo stuff, uh, unless y'all know something. But, uh, I see what you're saying, and obviously there is going to be some of that transition and learning period and things like that. But like JC was saying, you know, that going back to the runbacks, they they you know, have Braylon Allen and then the the guy behind him, um, Chez Malusi, who's uh, going to be their number two guy running back. He he would be a starter at a lot of different schools. It's just he happens to be backing up uh, Braylon Allen. So uh, I, I say that as I get the, the the caution, but I do think it's not going to be quite as uh, difficult. Um, uh, because they will have that running game to to rely on hopefully um but we'll see like you said you know and not, like i mentioned earlier that purdue game you know hopefully they do not overlook that i don't think they will but at purdue that's going to be a uh a fun game for for them and i you know we'll definitely be watching that
0: yeah so it's that's what i've seen is what, well I i say what i've seen what i've read is they called it the air raid and again that's why i was kind of hesitant to say like is it a normal air raid or is it like a wisconsin air raid like which still is it would be a new concept, right? Like, are they going to throw the uh, the run attack in there in the same way? But I don't know, man. Like you said, like Jacob said, um, with Luke Fickle being in there, it is it is going to be something that may, maybe struggle with in your first year uh, because it is a new concept to to go the complete opposite direction, something that doesn't happen in college football <laughs> nowadays, and and something that's not going to be new. When you're talking about Iowa and their coach, I'm going to butcher his last name, but kirk ferentz who's been there since 1999 so we're talking 24 years in one place i mean when's the last time this happens like you got five years and then you're gone and i'm not gonna steal jacob's thunder but i saw that i'm like well, well you one of them <laughs> I, I'll, I'll just, that just got me to the pickle thing like hey this guy's been here forever so yeah. they're gonna kind of keep the same concept so jacob is our local iowan and he's gonna tell us all about that
1: <laughs> dude i tell y'all guys one thing and y'all run with it like i need a tattoo i'm, I'm freaking love this guy like i love this team like, my goodness, dude. <laughs> Wait till we talk about Indiana. <laughs> oh, God. But quickly on Wisconsin, uh, Luke Fickle came from the AAC and Tanner Mordecai came from the AAC. So, like, making that jump to the Big Ten level is kind of a, a big jump. That's why I was kind of saying it. But to merge it with Iowa is because in the AAC, AAC you never had a second-rank defense nationally, which is what Iowa had. Um, like, that's crazy. They only averaged giving up 13 points per game last year. Um, they went eight and five, and five and four in big Big Twelve, uh, Big Ten play. But like second, I mean, that's in the same conference with Iowa's, you know, Ohio State, Michigan, and all these huge offenses and stuff. Like they've always had a really good defense, and I think that's what Kirk Ferentz is there still um, after being there since nineteen ninety nine, which is when I looked it up. Today I was like, well, holy crap! Um, and he's got over five hundred, like he's one hundred ninety eight and one hundred thirty six in those years. Um, so th- I think that's why he's kept his job. But the the issue with Iowa is the offense, um, seventeen points per game last year. That was hundred and twenty third out of one hundred thirty one teams. Uh, and obviously, not that good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well said, Clint. But um, the the good thing is on the they they return twelve starters, seven on the offense and five on the defense. Um, it's always a good thing to say you bring your whole starting offensive line back, which is what they have here. Um, so I would say that the You know, expectations here have, you know, heightened a little bit as well. Um, They bring in Cade McNamara, the old Michigan guy, um, but uh, he's more established. He's probably one of the better quarterbacks they've had at Iowa Mm -hmm. in several years. Um, So there's hope here. Um, But what I was going to say is why y'all call me an Iowan uh, here is I just had an interesting stat that some people may have heard. But um, so the offensive coordinator there is Brian ference which is Kirk ference the head coach's son. Um, he's been there for three years, and the offense obviously has not been up to par in three years. Um, and apparently, over the past three years, because I'm not deep into the Iowa news, but he, you know, he's been accused of um, player mistreatment stuff like that. And he's actually come out publicly and apologized for it. So, I mean, I guess you're admitting to some of it by doing that. In um, a lot of places, would kind of let that guy go after that happening, but because his father works there, I think that's why he's still there. Um, but the interesting fact I have is to keep him there, they they gave him a new contract with different, uh, you know, expectations he has to meet in order to get an extension. He's good until next year, like during the summer, so he's got this one last season pretty much. Um, but I've never seen these kind of stipulations before under for a coordinator, or really any kind of contract. But he has to. Uh, score an average of 25 points per game and the team has to get seven wins in order to get another extension and a $112,000 bonus as well. Um, That's kind of funny because Iowa's been so bad on offense for several years now. It's been kind of a running joke. They just can't score or whatever. Um, And now there's like a legit like, okay, you have to hit 25 points per game. Um, and get seven wins to keep your job or whatever. I just kind of found that real funny, um, which is going to be hard because last year, like I said, they only averaged 13 and the most they ever scored was 33. Um, So we'll, we'll see about uh, that. Kind of a
0: crazy situation. Like, so pretty much you've been had all these allegations against you. And so I'm assuming his dad just goes to the board and is like, he's going to have to have the greatest offensive coordinator season of all time if he does that I'm gonna put a points per game on it we have to keep him like that's crazy bro I, I like that, yeah I mean good for I mean granted you got Cade McNamara they got a couple other playmakers they're gonna do it this is the year but going back to what we talked about last right. time if your own players are betting the under because you play at Iowa like good luck scoring 25
2: points a game <laughs> yeah yeah, dude that's a uh, yeah when I think Iowa the last thing I think about is high scoring offenses That's uh, I feel like that, that, that contract was kind of written up to uh yeah, that just to fire through, uh, to just fire them through the contract and not look, other yeah, reasons. Just, yeah, yeah, uh, that's yeah, that's um. I say that because it's, it's going to
1: be watch. funny watching like a Utah State game this year when they play Utah State the first game and they're running the score up or something like that if they ever get that opportunity to
2: like yeah if they're up like uh, twenty one to three and it's like four minutes in the fourth more. quarter and they're going no yeah. huddle like whoa what is happening and then somebody's be like well the contract like oh yeah, yeah, yeah that makes sense yeah
1: exactly. I will remember that for the rest of the year. When I saw that, I like I got to share that with y'all. Yeah. That's just hilarious. But I mean, they do have a few easy spots on the schedule, but they do play at Penn State September 23rd, um, at Wisconsin October 14th, um, and they skip out on Michigan and um, Ohio State, which is kind of nice. But um, the main thing is, I don't. Ca- they they obviously have to win seven games. I, I think this team's going to go bowling. I, the over under is.
0: Oh, man. Um, Still a number
1: out there.
0: I'm going to say seven games.
1: It's eight and a half, actually. I mean, like I said, they did have a wow. second-ranked defense last year. So, I mean, it's always hard to score on th- this team, but um, this is going to be a fun year just to watch Iowa. It gives me a reason. Well, let me throw something at you football.
0: guys. So, over, under right. 25 points a game.
1: Ooh. <laughs> um, Returning a whole offensive line and bringing in a transfer quarterback like that, I would I would say they could do it. Especially knowing that now and with a father son, like, okay, yeah, we got we want to keep here, so we gotta keep scoring. I think they have the opportunity. Yeah, I think so. You're going over Brian Ferenc supporter.
2: Uh, got it. All right, Clint. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm go under just out of principle. I mean, it's Iowa. I, I get it. They're they're bringing in. They got a good line. They're bringing the quarterback. Uh, but Jesus, I like. I, don't, I just I can't bring bring myself to bet the over on a on a team that like you were, were they're averaging 13 yep 13 last year. yeah the quarterback's oh, not yeah that's 10
0: point 12 points better so i say they're going to average uh i think it's going to go up but they're going to be under the 25 for sure i'm sorry the offense was averaging 17, 17 okay defense. so i i'd say they're going to average okay. 23 i think that the quarterback gives them a touchdown a game but it's still not gonna be 25 you're having a nail-biter season up in iowa like that's as your seat football, like to keep, just to get the well, points just for the game, the coordinator. But they probably don't want them, so the players are probably going to try to like <laughs> not score that many either, because they're going to one, they're trying to bet the under, so they, they get a different coach, and two, so they can win their bets.
1: So, <laughs> and get the coach out that's mistreated, and maybe I don't, that's all alleged. But wow, yeah,
2: interesting season up in Iowa. I feel like their team too kind of just plays like the field position game, like or at least they have. I don't know if they plan on changing that, but they, they just have the low scoring, like three yards in a cloud of dust type games where they, they, they just the yeah, yep. Uh, I will say that their 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 tougher games are all away, so that's gonna be tougher than this year. They play at Iowa State, which I get at Iowa State may not be that great this year, but it's still a rivalry game. They play at Penn State, at Wisconsin, and at Nebraska. So that's stuff
0: yeah i mean that's that's been the quarter or the coach's standpoint for the last 24 years he's coached there until his son's about to get fired so he's like all right got to score some points boys (laughs) keep old (laughs) old junior on the team so i guess that's (laughs) what we're doing speaking of a coach who's been there for a while pj fleck in minnesota he's actually been there 10 years again seems kind of unless you're winning like natties all the time like (laughs) you're not staying at a place for 10 years
1: just it just ain't happening Ten years? Didn't he just do the row the boat thing like a few years ago? They were good like three or four years ago. I thought that was, he was like brand My new man, there. It's six years. He's been a head coach for ten years. He, he's been
0: at Minnesota for six years. Yeah, good call. That's that's on me. Okay. I was about to say, dang, I, I'm getting old. I'm <laughs> oh, flying. No, no, no. Yeah, he's been there for six years. So Minnesota, like surprisingly, they were a nine-win team last year. They went at nine to four, including their bowl win. But there's a caveat to that. They didn't have Ohio State or Michigan on their schedule. So that changes because in twenty twenty three they do have both of them on their schedule. So definitely I think I think it's gonna be uh they're gonna regress just because of their schedule. And two, man, this roster is just depleted. They return four on offense, four on defense. Um, their all time program leading rusher, Mo Ibrahim, he's graduated. I think he ended up uh I think he's on like the Lions practice squad or something, so he didn't get drafted. They do have a sophomore quarterback with a big arm. His name's Athen, uh, Kyle McManus. It's a, a long name. I probably butchered that as well. Um, and they do have a pretty deep receiver room. They got a couple seniors there. Um, they do have a lot of transfers coming in as well. Um, tight end, uh, Brevin Ford, And then they got Elijah Spencer from Charlotte, Corey Crumbs from Western Michigan. So they got some guys coming in, but I just think that they have way too much to overcome. Uh, roster-wise, and then now add on the fact that they've now added Ohio State and Michigan to their schedule for this year. I think it's going to be tough sledding for them. Um, they And and they do start the year with Nebraska as well. Um, And then they got North Carolina week three. So like their non-conference schedule is getting tougher. Add in Ohio Dude, State and Michigan. So now oh we're man. talking about four, four probably, well, Nebraska might be a toss-up, but three definite losses now that you've already thrown into your schedule. Um, not looking too great for P.J. Fleck and the Gophers.
2: Yeah, I was I was about to say I was looking at the schedule and you were talking about Ohio State, Michigan, and then I saw week three, North Carolina. I was like, oh, and it's at North Carolina. Like that's right. a tough non all draw right there for you for for Minnesota. And then they ended the, the season with Wisconsin. Like that's a yeah, that's tough. Uh, we'll, we'll, yeah, fingers crossed. Yeah, put but. a little
0: respect on North Carolina's name, how about? I? I mean, yeah, when it comes to a <laughs> right Minnesota non conference game, I'd say North Carolina's a tough game for sure. The one positive they have is Sean Tyler. So he's the running back transfer from Western Michigan. He ran for 2,800 yards and 23 touchdowns in the Mac. So he can catch the ball at the backfield as well. So he's going to be like their like go-to guy um, as far as getting touches. So if he can stay healthy, that'll help him out. But yeah, I think the schedule is too tough, man. Uh, I would think they go to a bowl game. It's a good year for them. I would say based on the schedule.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. This This schedule is kind of, a little rough form. What do you think their over/under is? Since talking, about I think it's, it's got to be at six. It's actually a seven. I, I, I would right. hammer the under that all day
0: because, that, I mean, unless you so, I guess with seven being they get six wins to get to a ball game, and then they play whoever in their bowl game. That's the only way I see seven wins. They're not getting
2: seven wins just based off the regular season. Dude, yeah, I I agree one hundred percent. I was like I got that. If seven is probably best case scenario. I, I don't see at worst you're pushing. I would hit under as well. Yeah, I right. Can. And I'm, I made a mistake when I said Nebraska out of conference.
0: Nebraska is, is in their conference. That's who they open up with all this conference schedule thing. Has me all thrown off. But good, good. So <laughs> yeah. speaking of Nebraska, Clint, um, yeah, is this gonna be like a turnaround year with the new coach? They get their guy. Like obviously their Homer Scott Frost that didn't work out and he's gone. So on to the next
2: which is weird, right? Because I wanted Scott Frost to work out so well. It, it or or I wanted that to work out so much because it, it seemed like it was such a good fit. Uh but you know, all things, you know, when written on paper, may they might look a little bit better than what they actually are. Uh but yeah, so they hire head coach Matt Rule, um, who is coming off his NFL stint with the Panthers, and I'm a Panthers fan, so as a Panthers fan, I'm I'm definitely okay with not having matt rule as a head coach but I, I do think um he's a good college football coach so uh yeah we'll we'll see how this goes i it's a i think it's a pretty big contract too i think it's um a little over nine million a year for eight years so um he, he's there and i don't know what the buyout situation looks like but uh yeah they're they're bought into matt rule um and they also bring in your favorite uh, coach of all time, Marcus Satterfield at uh, OC. So, uh, <laughs> second favorite coach of all time behind Mike Bobo. There you go. Was oh, it Bobo? Ah, I knew it, yeah, I was about to say.
1: <laughs> oh man,
2: yeah. So, um, a, a lot of turnover. Obviously, um, they got eight starters on offense back. Um, I think O line. They have a couple of new starters. They have to to fill in, but they still should be pretty good. <clears throat> running back they have anthony grant and gabe irving so running back should be pretty good um their quarterback casey thompson left for fau but they get jeff sims from georgia tech who's uh, a pretty good playmaker um had 4500 yards and 30 touchdowns passing uh over 1100 yards and 11 touchdowns rushing over his three years at georgia tech so uh as long as he can stay healthy um that should be uh a big upgrade for them as far as playmaking ability and stuff like that. Um, they lose their wide receiver, Trey Palmer, to the NFL, uh, but they get Marcus Washington and a, a six-year senior, Billy Kemp. Uh, and then I think they have um, Malachi Coleman, which I heard was a, a name you want to have written down and remember. Uh, he's one of the big recruits coming in there. Uh, should be a big dude for them. Defense, eight starters returning. Um, not Not good on defense last year. They gave up uh, 528 yards to a one and eleven team, North uh Northwestern. That's that's pretty bad. Uh, that was the Northwestern's only win. Um, was playing Nebraska. They they've got to fix that. Obviously, you're not going to win a lot of games when you're giving up that many yards. Um, they do have a new DC, Tony White. D line needs a lot of work. They lose a couple guys to the draft. They're going to rely on the uh, transfer portal a good bit and um <clears throat> some new talent they got coming in recruit wise um secondary should be pretty good from the start they got safety miles farmer and isaac Guilford uh both back uh so yeah the the schedule wise i i think their schedules again pretty tough i you know big 10 they have depending on what side you're on it, it, your schedule could be pretty rough um I won't say it's the hardest schedule out there, but they, they get Michigan, and they have to play at Wisconsin, They obviously Iowa at the end of the year. Um, not the toughest schedule out there, but we'll, we'll see. Um, yeah, I think it's definitely going to be a win for Nebraska if they're going bowling. Um, I'm not sure how I feel about Matt Rule being in Nebraska. Um, obviously, he's more of a defensive-minded coach, um, and he, he had some success at, uh, at Temple and Baylor. Uh, so we'll see. Uh Obviously, Marcus Satterfield. We know how Gamecocks feel about him as an OC, um, but maybe, maybe just wasn't the right fit. Whatever the case may be, and uh, maybe he takes off for Nebraska. But as far as I'm sitting here looking at the schedule and things like that, I think if if they go bowling, I think it's a good year for Nebraska. This this is the thing about Nebraska is that, and she just like looking at Jacob, I don't know why I'm already just losing
0: it, but like. I don't even know. I mean, Scott Frost, obviously, for whatever reason, didn't work. But my thing is, is that you got to be able to recruit these guys. Like, no one's recruiting. Like, where's their top 10 recruiting class or where's their top 15 recruiting classes? Like, I get it. And that starts with the head coach. So, like, I don't know if it's just because Nebraska's in the middle of nowhere or they don't have the facilities or they're just not getting the players. But, dude, they just need one or two good years and they can turn this thing around. People always talk about, you know, what were what they, the whatever their. Their defensive line was called the black jerseys, all that good stuff. Like they they've known for their history of defense, mm-hmm. but it has not been a thing recently. And and to be honest, man, my biggest gripe with Satterfield is the fact that we had recruits leave. I think because of him, because of the fact that he wasn't giving them the ball, and we had some weapons on offense at South Carolina. Clint, tell me if I'm wrong. Like, does Wisconsin have any weapons? And if they do, I can guarantee you they're not to what South Carolina had last year. So you're already telling me he's struggling getting to his weapons in South Carolina. When we have a Juice Wells, we have a Josh Van, we have a Marshawn Lloyd, we have a Jaheen Bell, and we're gonna now I'm going to go to Nebraska. I don't have those guys, and I already don't get it to my playmakers. I don't see any recipe for success there. Like It just doesn't feel like it's going to go well for Nebraska fans, knowing the little bit I know about Saturday. No, I mean,
2: I am literally trying to keep my bias at bay here. Uh, but yeah, you're, you're looking at it like, well, if you had the guys at South Carolina that at the end of the year obviously showed that they were huge playmakers for him, what uh, what's he going to do in Nebraska when they're they're kind of scrounging for players and they have to rely on the recruiting classes and transfer portal again? Uh, you know, maybe it works out. Maybe it's the inverse. Maybe that's what he needs. It's like no talent, so he actually has to. Uh, I don't. That's know. a strange I mean, concept uh, to want to go into a new place with. But
0: you might be <laughs> yeah. right. right. Like,
1: what else makes sense? Well, I mean, that's kind of what I'm thinking is like a fresh start. This this is going to take several years, I would feel like. Um, they gave Scott Frost several years, and it just didn't work out. And Matt Rule needs several years here, I I definitely believe. I mean, this schedule – I mean, J.C., think about an over-under as I'm talking about it. But, I mean, there are a few maybe gimmies. mes um, Northern Illinois and, you know, Colorado. Maybe they can ruin Colorado's day with how much turnover they got going on. But, I mean, yeah th- – I don't even know if they could hit that over-under or not, but what do you think?
0: Uh, I would say, what did they finish last year? Four and eight. Um, uh, I'd say the over-under is probably going to be at six.
1: Six and a half. I mean, this yeah, this is kind of like, yeah. In and, and first year, Matt Rule, I would probably take the under. Um, because like I said, this is just going to need some time. Yeah. Um, like you said, out in the middle of nowhere, they need to start with a recruiting base. I mean, I know Clint, you're big on the transfer portal. I don't know how many transfers they had coming in, but I mean, it's just
2: that they need to start from the ground up here and get this program back to where it was. Well, they they ranked fifth in the Big Ten for transfer portal, so top half. I mean, they're that, that's good. Uh, it, start, yeah. And like you said, given him a few years to get acclimated, I think the contract reflects that he's got an eight year contract, so um, <clears throat> again, you know, you know, we'll see how it goes if he gets bought out, whatever happens, but. It's it's so weird too to think about because when I when I think about Nebraska, like i just feel like college football is better as a whole when Nebraska's good. It's kinda of like you know, there's several teams right. out there that like Texas. When Texas is good, it is just better for college football. Uh I want Nebraska to be good again. Uh that's why I was kinda of big on that Scott Frost uh hire and I thought it was gonna work. I, I think most people thought highly of it. They obviously didn't. Uh but I'm not mad at this Matt Roe Hire. I, I think um Again, it's going to take some time. Uh, Like I said, Bolin would be good for them. And you you said the, the over-unders at six and a half. I I feel like that's a good line. Yeah. It's right where I would have had it too. So um, yeah, again, with the targets, they're, they're they're going to have to replace a lot. Um, If they can get that defense figured out and and fixed from what last year was, that's going to be a big step already. And with Matt Rule being there, that's, I I feel like that's almost a guarantee. They're going to be better defensively. So uh, yeah, let's, uh, I think uh, you get that six win in a bowl game. I think you're, I think you're happy with that. If you're Which that
0: sucks, right, for Nebraska? Like, yeah. If you're happy at six wins, like that's kind of a problem. But I, I think Rule is going to outlast Satterfield. I know they have they they go back to when they were at Temple and stuff. But I just don't think, I, I just don't think he's the guy. Um, Jacob, you have anything else on Nebraska?
1: Uh, do not, other than they're going to lose to the next team. Right, Illinois. So, so speaking of Bravo. head coaches, so
0: Illinois' head coach, uh, Brett Bilema, he's been in the Big Ten before. Bilema. Um Coached at Wisconsin for a long time, back when they actually had the good run game we were talking about. Uh, he was the coach of Arkansas for a few years. He's kind of bounced around some assistant places in the in, in the NFL. Um, they got some transfers coming in, um, and they kind of made a little run last year to surprise some people. So, Clint, what we got on... Uh, Illinois, or is this going to be you, Jacob? My
1: bad. This is me. I mean, Clint can give his opinion on it, too. But I will defer to you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but Brett Bielema, this is his Bielema, I said season. it wrong. Um, they. No, nah, I tried to – did you even hear me? Because we had – did you hear yeah, me? Yeah, I did.
0: Correctly? I just didn't hear what I you said. said like, I heard you – I know you corrected me. I just didn't hear the right pronunciation of it until you just said it.
1: So, <laughs> I, I appreciate it. So we, we were hoping, like, last podcast, Clint's, uh, you know, bottle – he did a bottle popping like a champagne popping thing and we, the mic didn't pick it up, so I was kinda curious if, right, Well, if that I I, up I there, any pronunciation
0: but, of the Big Ten, I'll refer to our uh, our fellow Iowan. So the,
1: my bad. That's all you, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> I swear to God. Yeah. Um no. Uh but yeah, Brett Bielema, this is his third season. Um they, they went eight and five last year, five and four in uh Big Ten play. Um this team, I, I like to do I mean, I, obviously at the end we we do a you know who's who we think is going to be make the championship game, who we think is going to win. But I've personally been doing like a dark horse of every um conference, and this is not necessarily to win the conference, don't get me wrong. Because I think the uh Big 10 East is going to have the winner, you know, because of Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State. But um, Illinois is my dark, dark horse. Uh, did you know they had the, the number one rate defense last year? Yeah, in the nation, in the nation, in the nation. I, I knew they were good and they had to be decent for a certain reason, but like... I, I, when Dude, I, got, was I got some... This-
2: sorry, man. I got some stats on their defense last year. Oh, hit me. Go ahead. Illinois, uh, last year, ranked second in the nation in points allowed, third in total defense, third in yards per play, first in interceptions, and first in takeaways. And that's in the that's nation. That's crazy. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's in the nation. Like, I, I was going based on points per game, but yeah, you throw all those stats there too. Like... Th- that that surprised me. Twelve point eight points per game. Um, defensive coordinator A- Aaron Henry. Uh, th- I guess we need to get to know him better or something, or, because this that's this crazy. But um, they're returning the same linebacker group from last year. They're returning thirteen starters overall. Uh, six from offense, seven from the defense. This defense is going to be damn good again this year. But um, their linebacking core it, it rivals Clemson's, and I, I said that you know Clemson with Jeremiah Trotter Jr. and um, they, they have probably the best linebacker core in the nation. I know that's biased, but a lot of other people are saying that too. Um, this is probably the second best, uh, with Seth Coleman, Calvin, um, can't read my handwriting, Hurst Jr. I think. And, uh, so like th- this, this is going to be a damn good defense. Um, they were 95th in the nation on offense last year. Um, so to try to fix that, they brought in old Miss transfer quarterback, Lute Altmeyer. um, it's not a name that i certainly remember as being like some outstanding he could have been a backup for all i know um but they do lose chase brown who was their leading rusher to the bengals i just wanted to say it like that they lost him to the bengals because he got drafted (laughs) um he had over 1600 yards last year like this dude was an animal so losing him doesn't help anything for trying to fix that offense but um they do return their second leading rusher, Reggie love the third. Um, he had over 300 yards last year. So, um, they do have at least some experience to come in, but he's going to have to be the, 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 bell cow and, um, kind of get this thing going. So this team could be dangerous. That defense keeps them in the game. So, um, that's yeah. Al, so Altmeyer just, he was, he was at Ole Miss for a couple of years,
0: uh, came in for some like spot work here and there through for 300 yards, three touchdowns, I think three picks. So just, just kind of like that's what I thought. I yeah, just kind of there. They've had a, a, you know, a deep quarterback room there the last couple of years. So no surprise that he hasn't got a lot of playing time. Probably one of the definitely a transfer
1: uh, that makes sense for sure. Right. Um, I know y'all will get to it in just a second. But like the, the good thing for Illinois is they, they don't have they didn't draw Michigan or Ohio State this year. Clint, you may have been ready to say that right now, um, but they do have Penn State, but they do have a easier schedule than previous years.
2: No, what I was actually going to mention was, um, this might make you uh, slow down that uh, dark horse train just a tick. The the, the DC they had over there, um, Ryan Walters, he's now the head coach of Purdue. He got hired over at Purdue, so all the that's why I didn't recognize Aaron Henry. Right? Yeah, yeah, didn't and that's dig why I was gonna, deep enough. You know, well, I'll dig into Purdue a little bit more later, but um, yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to mention that real quick. So you know, we'll see. Maybe they 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 can kind of maintain what they have and uh, continue that trend. But uh, just something to mention that they're, yeah, that he's over
1: at Purdue now. No, I appreciate it. I like getting it right. I I didn't see that. So that's on that's me for not getting the research correct. But um, yeah, they, they definitely will take a step back then. But like I said, maybe that can kind of counteract with the, having a little bit easier schedule, not catching Michigan or Ohio mm-hmm. State. So um, we'll so see. So we're about like halfway through, probably right at halfway through, maybe a little
0: more through the conference do most of these teams man are, are probably going to be you know going to a bowl game so i would say definitely a deep conference overall especially when you're talking about uh, a maryland team that's coming off eight wins last year they returned uh talia tungavailoa so tuas brother um he set pretty much every single record at uh, at maryland yeah i got that name right i don't know how i got, I got that one right <laughs> but pretty much every quarterback record he's he set at maryland that that was their best uh season in 13 years which um i guess it isn't saying a whole lot you win eight games but last year he had 3800 yards passing 28 touchdowns and a 70% per, per cent completion percentage um and they and they so th- they bring back him obviously that's that's big time as far as experience goes they got a couple playmakers the the issue being four out of their five offensive linemen they have to replace so it's not easy replacing one offensive lineman let alone two or three and you get to four um you're so you're replacing the whole unit um defensive side they're gonna be they're gonna be fine they're gonna be solid i don't know if they're gonna be good enough to propel them to any kind of crazy wins or upsets with some of these high-powered offenses we've been talking about in the big 10 they did bring six transfers in they got one from tennessee a d lineman jordan phillips and then they have a all-american from fcs st francis um, named donnell brown he's another d lineman st francis has some good years uh, jason brown he transferred out of there to go to south carolina who's now at jackson state so they've produced a a couple good people um like i said he's an all-american in the lower division so it's going to be one of those teams where i think they're going to win seven eight games um i think they're going to be in a lot of the games but as far as getting them over over the hump to beat ohio state to beat michigan to beat penn state I, i don't think they have enough just from a pure roster standpoint um Schedule-wise, it's not bad. They open up with Townsend, then they play Charlotte, and then they play Virginia, um, and then they get into the conference schedule. So they do play at Ohio State, but they they, they do get Penn State and Michigan at home. So if you're going to say, you know, if there's a chance, maybe that helps them out a little bit, having home games. But like I said, I think a 7-8 win team go to a decent bowl game. I think that's going to be the, the ceiling
1: for Maryland. Yeah, I agree. And I think that... This team could, they always seem to give one good team a year, like just some trouble out of nowhere. And, and like you said, getting Michigan State, Penn State, and um, I'm sorry, Michigan, Penn State, and Ohio State. I feel like they won't necessarily beat one of those teams, but we'll be looking at the scoreboard on our Saturday and, and like, oh, wow, it's like a one or two possession game, like in halftime right. or something like that. Like, okay. So, I mean, to his brother, I, you nailed his name. I'm not going to attempt it. I mean, he, he's he been a stud there. Like you said, he's been one of the better ones they've had in a long time, but I hate hearing that, you know, he, another tag of a brother. I, I, I didn't nope, do it. sure right. it didn't. But I, I, to his brother, hating that, uh, that he's dealing with offensive line issues too. Like, well, right. as long as the concussion
0: gene doesn't run in the family, hopefully he'll be all right.
2: <laughs> Dude. So you remember last year, JC, when that recruit, I forget his name. Told Beamer, I'm 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 coming to play for the Cox. And like less than 24 hours later, he flipped quote unquote to Maryland. And it turned out that was the plan the whole time. They had planned like, hey, tell them you're committing there, and then we'll flip you. Dude, ever since then, I've been like, I hope Maryland just like loses every single game for the next 10 years, which is obviously a reaction. But uh I just I was gonna see if you remember that. Man, Um, I wish I remembered his name. You know what's funny
0: though? We get out we skip out on him, good. We've every other four and five star dude in the DMV area, we have absolutely just snatched and taken back Pipe to Columbia. Lined. Yeah. So I will repeat what Beamer said. If you want to play big time college football and you live in the DC,
2: Maryland, Virginia area, come to Columbia, come to the SEC. Yep. He has built a highway from that area down to the Columbia, South Carolina. So that uh, I digress. Um yeah, I think y'all are pretty spot on. I do uh, the schedule starts off pretty easy. I know you mentioned it, Jay Z. At the the last bit of that, uh, it's going to be tough. Uh, uh, you get Aha State on October seventh, but then, yeah, that last bit of the year: Penn State, Nebraska, Michigan. I know you finished for Rutgers, but uh, we'll see. Um, it didn't. Uh, um, I'm not even gonna try to say his name. <laughs> Quarterback. Don't do it. I struggle to do it. it. Valoa. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Why did I say uh, Tag, tag him I of think tongue a little. <laughs> Didn't he come out saying um he was offered by some school not named uh to to transfer over and he was going to get like 1.5 million a year or something in IL stuff. What didn't sur- like he what came out me. yeah,
0: definitely didn't hear like a name
2: of a team, but yeah, I'll, doesn't surprise me. No, he didn't say a team. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um yeah, I That's that's a whole another story, man. This I mean, he's a high-profile recruit, like yeah, yeah. Whether he's like a five-star or not,
1: he's got a br- big brother's name, like you know. what I'm saying to so yeah. sell some tickets. So I would, I right. I, I believe and
0: it. So yeah, we'll see, man. I, I think they're not gonna they're not gonna do anything crazy, but I, I think they'll definitely surprise some people, maybe.
1: Well, I mean, guess the over/under because it may surprise you. Well,
0: if you're gonna say that, I'm gonna say it's eight wins then. Well, I mean, I shouldn't have said that necessarily, but uh, it's seven. Like that's kind of surprising. I was I was gonna probably say six or seven. I would definitely say more than six. I think they're a decent team. It's just with that conference man and the schedule, like it's, yeah, it's it's gonna be, it's gonna be tough sledding. I mean, they they do have an easy schedule other than well, yeah, just conference wise, right? As far as getting out of the conference, yeah, well,
1: yeah, yeah, getting out of the conference, yeah.
0: Um, but so you guys mentioned earlier about Purdue going to the Big Ten championship, like something I totally forgot about. Especially when you look at the odds for this year's championship and they're like near the bottom. Um, a surprise team. Um, so why the why the sudden drop off, Jacob? Is this a team that overperformed last year and just absolutely shocked everybody? Or is this a team that's just like, now we're just losing everybody and now we're just at the bottom? I'd have to ask Yeah, it's Clint. Clint. I'm going to get it right, whoever's going next. I knew that. Uh, Clint, uh, Clint, tell me all about I'll it. I wish you just kept problem. Jacob on the spot. <laughs> Thank you, sir.
2: You, sa- you, sa- you saved me earlier, so <laughs> I'll, I'll repeat it. Re- re- <laughs> Jacob's looking at me like, what? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, now it's a kind of a weird spot for Purdue right now. I mean, I, I'm sure they're they're past it now, but they they go to the Big Ten Championship game. You know, they had a pretty good year. And then their head coach leads for Louisville, and... And, uh, you know, I get it. You know, that's, he's from there whatever, but that's a, to me, that's a, a lateral move at right. best. Um, so Purdue's price in there like, you know, what the hell? Uh, but, uh, I think at this point they're, they're probably new, moved on. I, like we mentioned earlier, they hired, uh, Illinois defensive coordinator as their head coach, Ryan Walters. Again, we talked about all those defensive stats that he had at Illinois. So obviously he's going to try to bring that with him to Purdue. Um, he only bring back four starters on defense, but again, you know that he's going to be able to make pretty much anything work. At least it looks like, because um, again, he was at Illinois. It wasn't like he was uh, DC at Georgia or uh, you know A and M or something like that. He was uh, at Illinois, not known for elite defenses, and still was able to produce the nation's one of the nation's top defense. So, uh, look for Purdue to be pretty good on defense in the next year or two. Um, They've got uh, on the D line transfer in Malik uh, Langham from Vandy, Isaiah Nichols from Arkansas, and Jeffrey. Uh, I'm going to say M-ba, MBA. It's M apostrophe B A from That's Auburn. I should have YouTube it. Yeah, like JC <laughs> said, but uh, so they're so they're filling some holes. Um, uh, last year, they they kind of relied on force and teams to make mistakes on defense. And obviously, that's definitely what they're going to do now that they have Ryan Walters there as their head coach. So um, the, I think their defense is going to be pretty good, led by their their safety, Cam Allen, who had um, has 173 tackles, 10 picks, and 12 pass breakups over the last four years. So uh, he's going to kind of be the quarterback for that defense. Offensively, um, 71% of their offensive production is coming back. Um, uh, running back that should be okay with Devin uh McCoby, I think is how you pronounce it and Dylan Downing uh O-line is was really good last year and they should be good again this year. Um yeah, I think it's uh I I like this team and I think it's just cuz uh, I'm kind of partial to good uh defensive teams. Um and that's p- what Purdue's going to be. Uh, obviously they have to replace a lot and they're going to have this transition period with uh Jeff Brom leaving and Bringing in a new head coach, and um, I'm not entirely sure, but I would assume this is Ryan Walter's first head coaching gig. We'll see um, how he does in that position. Um, but yeah, uh, again, another team that's hoping to be bowling. Looking at the schedule here, it's 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 okay, uh, not great uh, beginnings. You know, Fresno State, Virginia Tech, okay, and then you got Syracuse for non-con. You're like, okay, that kind of sucks, and then Wisconsin. In Illinois, Iowa, Ohio State, Nebraska, Michigan, Minnesota, Northwestern, Indiana. So the last three games, you're like, okay, those, those are pretty decent. The first two games, okay, I could probably win those two. But outside of that, that middle slate, uh, it's gonna be tough. And especially when you're transitioning, uh new head coach, um, new style of um of play here. Uh, it's gonna be something to watch out for. Again, uh lean on that defense um and uh give give your offense time. Uh, to work. So we'll we'll see how they do.
0: Yeah, it, it is his first year overall as a head coach. Just throwing that out there. So okay. definitely going to be a, a prove it year coming off of a Big Ten championship or Big Ten championship appearance, I should say. Mm.
1: Yeah, but um, I mean, like I said, making the Big Twelve or Big Ten, I keep doing that. The Big Ten championship game last year that was kind of whoopsie daisy. He
0: gone. Well, we'll we'll keep it moving. That's fun. Um. Yeah. yeah, so but yeah, I, I think No I was ahead. gonna say, dude, do you remember like I don't know if it was if it was Charlie Jones, if that was his name, but that that kid Purdue had that little white receiver, the little slot guy that was just absolutely lighting people <laughs> yeah. up last year, dude. I was like, yeah. where's that guy at? Where did he go? Like, definitely would love to see
2: him play again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, I we'll we'll see how they do. It's this another team that you're just hoping they go bowling. Um and again, it's just a weird situation where you got um you're in the Big Twelve Championship, even though it might have been not the greatest of a year for that for that division. But uh, go from being in the Big Ten Championship to then losing your head coach, hiring a new head coach. Um, yeah, I I feel for the fans. I, obviously, they're not a typical college football powerhouse, so I'm sure they'll be okay. But again, I think they're in good hands with a really good defensive coach that's going to keep them on track. At least keep them close in a lot of these games, right.
0: dude. I know we've talked about the head coaches a lot. Um, the more I dive in the Big Ten, man, there's so many big names, like coaching wise. So, something I kind of forgot about. So, Rutgers head coach is Greg Shiano. So, this is his second stint at Rutgers, his third year. I think he started back in 2020. So, Schiano, if you remember, this is when like Rutgers had Ray Rice and some other players, like got to like top five, top six in the nation back. This is like in the BCS days. So, you know, he mm-hmm. had his run with Ohio State and some other teams and all that. So, coming in, man, it's going to be, I think it's going to be an uphill battle for him. Um, he brought in his offensive coordinator, who was with him in that first stint. Um, it's Kirk Soroka, I guess that's how you say it. Definitely uh, a few more R's in there that I'm not going to be able to pronounce. But so they bringing yeah. <laughs> he's bringing him back, I guess, hoping to kind of reignite some of that magic. I don't know if that's doable. I think just the way the landscape was back then, it, they were a run-heavy team. Like I said, Ray Rice, obviously being being a high-profile draft pick before all his nonsense happened in the NFL, but they were more of like a pro style offense when it came to running. Um, so he was at Minnesota for a little bit. Um, and then I forgot where else he was at. So he's still kind of been in, in the big 10 kind of area, I'd say for the mm-hmm. most part, but this is a team man that only won one game in the big 10 last year. They finished four and eight overall. It's not going to get any easier. Um, non-conference they play Vautech, um, and Then they got a couple of easy wins. But as far as like them competing in the Big Ten, I think it's just going to be an uphill, uphill battle for a lot of these bottom-tier teams. Um, as far as guys they got coming in, they have a quarterback who was there last year. The problem is he only completed 45% of his passes. He started six games, five touchdowns and seven picks. They averaged only 11 points a game, 11.7, so 12 points a game, which is second-worst in the Big Ten. Um from my understanding, the coordinator does like to run the ball and then take shots down the field. So I'm assuming that kind of pro style, run the ball, play action, that kind of thing. So it's just going to be interesting, man. They they don't have a lot of guys return on offense. They do have eight on defense. But again, like you're already giving up 30 points a game last year, 94th in the country, and you're facing a, a conference that is full of prolific offenses. So it's going to be uphill battle, man. What uh?
2: What was that name again? Give it to me one more time. The the
0: um, coordinator. Yeah, so it's spelled C I A R R O C C A. First name is Kirk. So, like I said, he was with him during his first stint. Okay. So we'll see. I mean, hopefully, uh, like I said, hopefully he'll be able to. Kind of bring, bring them back to yeah to what I, they were known for.
2: I mean, I when I think of Rutgers now, I can't get out of my head. that You know, obviously, just kind of projecting to next year, but with the, the conference realignments and stuff, right? Yeah, this team, you know, obviously not known for at least as, as of late having great football teams. Having to also travel to the West Coast, to play some of these other guys, these top tier teams that previously see going to you know that were in the Pac twelve. Um, I mean, do you see them any chance? Like is there any shot they're bowling?
0: I don't see it, man. I I mean, to me the only wins you have, like you play Temple Week Two, which I wouldn't even say is a given. You play VauTech. The only given win they play Wagner, um, which is their fifth game of the season. Other than that, man, it's Jesus. Like if they can beat Northwestern, maybe early on, but then I mean it's Vautech, Michigan, Wisconsin, Michigan State at Indiana. Ohio State at home, at Iowa, at Penn State, Maryland. Like, I don't see how. Yeah, I don't see it, man. I think four wins is like, they won four last year. I think they get to four this year. It's going to be like, oh, good for them. Like, I don't think they're getting higher.
2: I need to look up the over under real quick. But yeah, I think you're right. I just pulled up a schedule too. Uh, Yeah, that's, that's tough. That's, I mean, Jesus, that's a, that's a, that's a tough schedule for, Right, Good team. right, yeah, and it's um, obviously, we'll see. We say that about every team every year, but I don't think there's gonna be much to see with this Rutgers team. It's just a tough schedule, and uh, when I think of these teams, I'm, I'm like, man, I hope you just sneak somebody, I hope you just embarrass like one of these top teams and just completely ruin like their hopes to a big team tam- championship or playoff hopes or something like that. But, I
0: think the good thing <sighs> is, is that they did bring Shiano back. So like, I'm not saying he wants to get to another program cause he may, but like the fact that he's been there mm-hmm. before and built that success, he seems to actually want to be there. And I think they're probably willing to give him a shot, right? Like, Hey, this is a guy that's had success in the past, brought us to our, our best ever season we've ever had in the history of Rutgers. And I guess unless back way back in the 1900s but so this is the guy you're gonna want right so if they're willing to give him some time to like that's the thing man he's gonna have to just hit on some people because he's not gonna be bringing in the craziest recruits Rutgers isn't like an easy school to get into um so we'll see like I said if 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 you're Rutgers and you have a coach like this is what you're gonna I would say they they want this guy right because he probably wants to be there but yeah, man. I'm with you. I, I think I think three or four wins is is the top, and that would probably still be them surprising people, especially when like I said, last year they only won one game in the Big Ten, and this year their non-conference schedule is way tougher than last year.
2: Yeah, I'm actually I'm trying to pull over the uh, or pull up the over-under right. right now.
0: We'll see, man. I don't uh, what, know. Okay. What'd you get? What, what'd you put the I'll, number at? Dude, honestly, man, I would say they're going to put it at 4. I think it's 3 though. I, I would, actually I honestly if I had to if I'd say 3
2: games. Is it over three games? Oh god, you had it's it. Four. You had it. Yeah, it's I was going to go one higher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then I should probably but yep, it, it's 4. So yeah, I mean, uh, bowling, that's it, it, a, a far reach. I agree with you. Um Yeah, that, that's again when we get down to these teams it's like, man, just just build Just, uh, I hope you everybody stays fairly healthy and you're able to just continue to build on what you got but um, yeah well it's just crazy especially with this realignment stuff it's just it's kind of wild and in, yeah, you hate to see it but just nature of moving the on
0: speaking of a team that's maybe going bowling maybe not they got a couple uh, non-conference games they should be able to win the uh, old Hoosiers of Indiana what you got on them <laughs>
2: Yeah, well, first, I think you already know it's coming. I got to shout out <laughs> old Aunt Mindy. <laughs> got to. One of the OGs. She's already listening to the pod and supporting us, which we do appreciate. But uh, yeah, her and half my in laws are from Indiana. And uh, so that they, they have ties to that. Obviously, more of a basketball school and that's kind of what they, they they really put their fandom in. But yeah, shout out to you guys. Appreciate the support. But uh yeah, Indiana. Uh that's the highlight is going to be the shout out to the family because <laughs> after that it, it doesn't look great. Uh six and nine or no six and nineteen over the last twenty five games that they've played tough. Uh have not been a very good team. Um one I, I would say kind of a bright spot, but it maybe not they, they have the second ranked transfer class in the Big Ten which is good but it's because they had to because uh, they, they lost 23 players to the transfer portal oh. uh, so they brought in 23 uh, to kind of fill in uh, for those guys they lost and again that's just transfer portal we're not talking about NFL drafts guys that have ran out their eligibility it's a team that's turning over a lot um, uh, so w- it's It's going to be one of those years where, okay, well, let's kind of regroup, regather. I I do think uh, they are going to start to improve. I don't know how much. Uh, They bring six backs on uh, offense. Uh, They have a pretty decent running back group. Uh, They got Wake Forest transfer Christian Turner and UNC transfer Joss Henderson. Um, Their O-line has uh, had an issue over the last, i say, year or so. Um, So they got to be better this year. They do get four of the starters back um and they transfer max long uh longman yeah from umass so uh hopefully that line is better than they have been because it has been one of the issues that they've been dealing with uh but again with the experience i think they will be better um qb wise they're going to have to rely on uh taven jackson who's uh, apparently a pretty good recruit out of the state of tennessee uh but again you're relying on fresh out of high school talent to kind of lead your team so again be ready for some growing pains and stuff like that. On defense, they only start or they only return two starters. So again, that's where that transfer portal, you know, kind of comes in. They lost a lot of guys. Gonna have to bring these guys back uh, to fill some slots. Um, the top tackler is back though, which is pretty good. Aaron Casey. So uh, yeah, um, as far as their schedule, taking a peek now. Bang, out the gate, Ohio State. So <laughs> <Yeah>. not great. <laughs> Welcome to 2023. Yeah. Um and it doesn't get much better throughout the year. They do have a pretty easy, I say easy. They have a uh a, a less difficult slate in Indiana State, Louisville, and uh Akron, uh, and then maybe Maryland following that Ohio State game. But then for the rest of the year, you got Michigan, to do play Rutgers, and then Penn State, Wisconsin, Illinois, Michigan State, and Purdue, and that, at Purdue at, at, at that. So yeah, that's uh, again um, not a very good team. Um, which is crazy because just a couple years ago we were talking about how decent they were and stuff like that. But um, it, it's one of those situations where they're they're using the transfer portal to to fill the massive holes that they have. And honestly, you know, it might work. Um, they, they they probably will hit on some of these guys and hopefully kind of solidify at least one aspect of their game. Um, and uh, as long as they can just get something going on offense again, I mentioned about the O line being kind of an issue last year. Um, and as far as quarterback play, they only eclipsed sixty percent completion uh, completion rate twice last all year, wow. last year. So if if they can if they can change that, to get the O line solidified, uh, get this quarterback, this new guy Jackson, kind of rolling early. They might have a, 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 an okay team, and they'll, they'll be able to get a few wins here in the beginning of the year outside of Ohio State, obviously, before they get into some of this heavy play with Michigan, Penn State, Wisconsin, Purdue, stuff like that. So uh, something to watch out for. Again, um, the one of those situations where – thank God for the transfer portal because uh, otherwise this team might have been left high and dry with almost – nobody to play um and again it's kind of a double-edged sword because transfer report also took players away but uh again it's nice to be able to reload kind of quickly so um yeah we'll see how i mean that's the downside that. right they had one of their the best quarterbacks they've had in a while and Jacob favorite player and michael
0: Penix jr and then he ends up transferring out to washington washington so it is yeah it's the good and the bad yep. people can leave and then like you said you can kind of fill that roster and get them back um probably yep. hopefully by the you know beginning of the year maybe the middle jacob will show his tattoo off at some point so we're still waiting on that
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) i don't know if that's gonna happen or not (laughs) we'll We'll see see. well can can y'all hear me good hey real good i'm sorry to the listeners my computer crashed and i'm now on my phone so i hope the audio quality is at least halfway decent um we'll 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 make what are you y'all need to, Yeah, we'll make up for it, man. Catch up yeah, so
0: Mel Tucker, they signed to a big contract when he had his one good year. And after that, he's been absolutely atrocious. So are they going to buy him out? He's going to stay the head coach. They're predicted again at the bottom. Like I said, after making a crazy run, like what's going on? They're always pretty solid. Now I feel like they've been at the bottom for, you know, for a long time. I say a long time, the last couple years.
1: Yeah. I, right. No, I agree. Like we were saying earlier about like, college football is better when nebraska's good college football is better when michigan state is good as well um you're right mel tucker's been odd like he had that one good year and this is now his fourth year um they went five and seven last year three and six in big ten play um they returned 11 starters five on offense five on um well no it was returning 10 starters but originally it was 12 starters i'm sorry it was five on offense, five on defense is what they're currently bringing back, but they were actually bringing back seven on offense after spring mm. practice. Um, that was including their wide receiver one, Keon Coleman, mm. and their quarterback one, Peyton Thorne. Um, but shortly after spring practice, they, those two guys transferred out. Um, Keon and Coleman went to FSU, and Peyton Thorne went to Auburn, which they just announced a few days ago that he's going to be the starter this year. Um, For them and that moved their odds From plus 10,000 to plus 15,000 Yeah so that that's obviously Not a good way to start your your year um, Even though that was earlier this year Um, But they still bring back five On offense five on defense Um, Mel Tucker needs to get his Kind of squad going in the right direction here Um, They uh, Are bringing in a guy Named Noah Kim Um, He looks to be the starting quarterback this year don't know a whole lot about him. He's a red shirt junior, um, but th- their their main guy is their running back, um, Jalen Berger. He has to be the guy. He he was uh, their leading rusher last year, um, 148 attempts, 683 yards, and six touchdowns. Uh, he kind of split time with the second and third leading rusher last year, but um, they lost both of them, so. Uh, he's really got to step up and and establish that run for him this year. But uh, I would like to see uh, Michigan State kind of be back in this in this race. But right now they're kind of at the bottom of the Big Ten. Still.
0: Yeah, and and that's unfortunately, like I said, they didn't seem to take advantage of that Mel Tucker that first year or I don't know if it was first year, but that that crazy run they had. Like you gotta you gotta catch lightning in a bottle, right? And you gotta take advantage of that on the recruiting trail and all that stuff. And he seems to they've totally done the opposite, right? time to a huge contract, and now it's like. All right, like I said, instead of them being in the middle of the pack, which they normally were, and they've had some spurts and some years of them kind of rise to the top, now they're just at the very bottom, it seems, and it's just a a wild, you know, complete one hundred and eighty from what they had. So, um, I, I think they're still going to. I think, I think it was like a four year, six year deal. It could have been more. It might have been a six year deal when they signed them. So, but again, in, in the in the landscape, the way it is now, these schools are not, you know, shy about spending a lot of money to to pay coaches to have them sit on the couch, right? Or to go coach somewhere else with the buyout. Very so true. we'll see how that plays out. I mean, for him, man, like I said, I think I think the Big Ten is better with Michigan State being in a lot of good rivalries with them and and Notre Dame and, and all that stuff. So hopefully he'll kind of get them back to where they belong, which isn't necessarily the top of the Big Ten. I don't think that's necessarily the expectations, but like you should be an 8-9 win team um, and, and you know, at the very least go in bowling. And that just doesn't seem to be what's happening
1: right now. Right, I mean that that eleven and two season they were, they looked like the next. You know, Mel Tucker looked like a really good coach and stuff, and he still could be. There's still hope here. Um, keep him around and, and keep these starters here, um, and, and see what they can kind of muster up this season. Right. Well,
0: speaking of uh, you know, teams that are struggling on the bottom, man. So the the team that's got the lowest odds of one of the big 10 is Northwestern. And, you know, even a few years ago, kind of going back to the, it's probably the same year. Mel Tucker had his run Northwestern had a couple of good years, you know, winning seven, eight games a year and, and have some decent quarterback play. And again, you know, not, not surprising that that hasn't really lasted that long. Um, which, which I don't expect from them as opposed to like Michigan state, but Jacob, tell us a little bit about Northwestern and what can they do if anything to get to a bowl game.
1: Yeah. Bowl game's going to be, uh, A very strong, very strong year for them. One and eleven last year. um, Not very bright. They had their guy, like their Nebraska got Scott Frost. They had their guy. They loved Pat Fitzgerald. um, But after everything that happened this off off offseason with the hazing allegations and stuff, they had to let him go. Um, so now, which is, I mean, at the college level, you know, boys are going to be boys, but like that's, you ne- that's kind of next
0: level to. though. If those any of those allegations are true.
1: Yeah, exactly. So whether they're true or not, they let him go. Um, and they have an interim coach, uh, which they hired shortly after. And I think they're just going to stick with him for this year, David Braun. Um, they're only returning five starters, one on offense for all defense. Uh, like I said, there's just not a whole lot of hope. You know, based on what they had last year, they were, you know, 128th in offense, production, 83rd on defense. Um, But, like, they're not bringing many of those back. And, actually, David Uh, Braun, I think, was the defensive coordinator last year. And he's going to act as such and the interim head coach this year. So, it's going to be a struggle. I don't think they have plans to hire anybody during the season. Um, So, I think they're just kind of biding their time because this happened during the offseason to just kind of get through this year. Like I said, they – they did bring in a quarterback transfer, Ben Bryant. Um, he's a veteran. I think he started at uh, Cincinnati for a little bit or kind of filled in at Cincinnati a little bit and Eastern Michigan. Um, that he kind of replaces Ryan Holinsky, which I you know, love Ryan Holinsky. He had such a good story, but um, that's, that's about all Northwestern can do this year. So not a whole lot of hope there. I may even let you give a chance for the over-under. They're only at three. That's high. Um, one of the low. <laughs> yeah, high, but it's still one of the lowest in the nation. I think you know, the, the lowest I've seen this year is like two or two and a half, so like they're right there at the bottom, which is where they should be because they they're in a rusted spot right now. So they're just playing for a little bit of pride this year and uh kind of get through. Right, right.
0: Well, yeah, man, that that, that whole off scene thing is, is gonna, you know, kinda overshadow a lot what they're doing, which they didn't I say that they don't really have a lot kind of going into the season anyway but with that being said that's the last team that we're going to cover in the Big Ten so I say we get right to the predictions Clint who is your Big Ten champion
2: mm. Mm. <laughs> dude okay so this one's the toughest one that we've done so far for I, me I personally say, yeah. Uh, because I, I like I like Michigan obviously uh, not just because of what they bring back not because of how good they are not you know they got the quarterback J. McCarthy back all that stuff Um but their schedule is also pretty favorable. They they don't play that tough on right. the schedule, so the pathway is there. I think Ohio State though has something to say. I I think they're they definitely don't feel like they should be losing to Michigan. Obviously, that's a huge rivalry, one of the biggest in the nation. Um, but where's that game this year?
1: Is it in Ohio State? I don't.
2: It is. Um, say my on one sec. It is in Michigan. It's in, it's, It's in the big house. So that's, yeah, it's again, uh, I don't want to pick the top favored team, but with what I was mentioning before with them having, you know, a really good run defense, a really good uh, rushing offense, bring a lot of their guys back. They got their quarterback. That's really working for them. Um, I, it's almost like, I I don't want to sound crazy. It's almost like Ohio state is no longer scary. Like, They've beaten the past years. Like it's no longer the monkeys off the bat. Right. They they've been to the playoffs now. So they've they gotten a the taste. And if it wasn't for one kind of like mediocre game, otherwise, they had a, an amazing season. It just happened to be that, that game was in the playoff against TCU. That's obviously that's gonna leave a super sour taste in their mouth. I guarantee. Everybody on that staff, the, the players that are still there, the fans, they all are like, dude, we left something on the table there. There's no way. And I, I, I think they're going to be hungry to come back. Sometimes you you wonder, hey, <clears throat> after a season like that, are they going to still have the drive to come back and do it again and then finally make it this year? I think they do. I think the way they ended, uh, who they lost to, no, no, nothing against TCU. They had an amazing year. But again, nobody predicted them to be be there, and then they got embarrassed by Georgia. Now, I'm not saying Georgia would have lost to Michigan had they beat TCU, but again, it it definitely, in my opinion, would have been a little more competitive, and I think Michigan feels the same way. And so um, now now that they're going into 2023, I think they're still hungry. They want to come back Uh, and finally kind of eclipse that last mountain peak, that last hill. They've already gotten the Ohio state thing down. Hopefully they don't overlook them in the last week of the year, but, uh, give me Michigan to finally kind of solidify like, okay, we're here for good. Like it's, we're, we're going to be a national contender year in and year out. Uh, so give me Michigan.
0: Dude, it's, uh, it's hard to argue with that pick for sure. Jacob, what you got?
2: I, I kind of lead down
1: the same pathway. I, I, That whole East division is going to be fun now, knowing about Drew Aller, how big he is and stuff. Um, And just Penn State has been up on the rise. They're not going to just sit by and let Ohio State and Michigan run this thing. Um, But even saying that Ohio State, she's too talented this year for Penn State to kind of mess with them, in my opinion. Michigan's bringing so much back from a playoff team last year. Um, I do think that West side will come down to that Michigan-Ohio State game. Um, and I do think that Michigan will pull that out because it is in the big house. That's why that's where it was, um, mm-hmm. and just true. I just think, you know, we when, depending on injuries and stuff, but we always hope that everybody's there at the end of the year. Um, I, I do think Michigan still just has too much coming back, and I think they'll be a better team um, with the lighter schedule. I think Michigan's schedule is a little bit lighter than Ohio State's schedule, too. I know Ohio State's got Notre Dame to play, so I think they can get the season easier, and they'll have – um, they'll win that division I think the other side is actually a little more interesting um, Purdue won it last year but y'all are y'all are big on you know Wisconsin and I'm kind of big on Illinois I personally think that it's going to come down to Illinois versus Wisconsin kind of to see who takes that I think Purdue will take a step back this year um, I personally like Illinois just because that defense but each team's got their you know first new coach or or losing a defensive coordinator like Clint you said earlier with Illinois, um, I just think Illinois is going to make it there, but I, Michigan's going to, you know, handle them pretty well in the Big Ten championship. So I got Michigan.
0: Yeah, man, this is going back to what Clint said. Probably one of the, the tougher ones, if not the toughest ones, that we've had to do. Because, and and I don't know if this this will make sense to you guys, but just from my like standpoint, I feel like Ohio State and Michigan ha- need to win one game this year. Which is that game, right? Like you, I feel like like they're going to be favored in every single game, and this game is going to be the closest one. When I look at the team that I want to pick, it's Penn State. So when I look at Penn State, I'm like, well, they got to win two games, right? They got to beat Ohio State and they got to beat Michigan. The two, the only two teams they lost to. So it's like, even if they take out one, are they going to be able to take out the other one? I, I think Penn State has the roster to do it. I think the quarterback is going to be really good, even though unproven. And I think the run game is there in the Big Ten. You got to be able to run the ball, and they got two guys, not just one. But again going back to experience going back to they've been there before and the way mccarthy's played the last couple of years and him coming in again with the most confidence probably ever had with him not having to look over his shoulder no one's coming after his job um and that's not to say he's going to be you know complacent and not going to be hungry to go get it. i think he finally comes in like i'm the dude i'm the guy i took him i'm one game away kind of what clint said like they are right there man like they can taste it and i think georgia would have beat anybody you put up against them um in the national championship game, they probably would have beat a couple NFL teams, mm. but I just <laughs> <So no. laughs> I don't know. I don't maybe a stretch, maybe a stretch, but and and I really I do hate to do this, but I don't see I don't see even if Michigan loses one game, I you know and and still being able to make it to the Big Ten championship if if that plays out depending on who they beat or who they lose to. You know, and unanimous things never go well, but dude, I I don't, I don't think my gut can go against Michigan. Just the way they played last year, they had all the pressure going in with Harbaugh and saying, we got to beat Ohio state and they did it. They won by 20 some points. Don't worry about Harbaugh being out the first three games. It's not going to matter. He's going to be somewhere in a closet with his headset on calling plays or doing whatever the hell he does. So he's going to be around. They're going to be fine. And (laughs) it's going to come down to two big games for them. It's going to come down to Penn state and it's going to come down to Ohio state. And like you said, they got Ohio state coming into the big house One of the going to be, you know, a top two, top three matchup more than likely going into that game. And I think Michigan's got the roster to do it. They got the experience to do it. And I would say out of those teams, you know, for the first time in a while, they have the most proven experienced quarterback, which they don't normally have that. So I got to go Michigan as well, guys. Um, And I think with that being said, that goes back to my initial statement was that's going to lock him in the playoff.
2: Yeah, I agree. And uh, like we mentioned before, uh, Jacob brought this up during the ACC, um, ACC preview. Uh, it could be a situation where these teams play twice. I mean, it's it might be a little far fetched, but it's possible, it's definitely possible where these teams play the last game of the year undefeated. It's a close game, and the playoff committee's like, dude, this is one of the best games we've seen. These two teams are we're, were undefeated playing each other, they definitely deserve to be in the playoff, especially consider. You know, with the SEC and they you know, on the West side, you got it's, it's starting to level out a little bit with LSU coming up and stuff like that. ACC, you got uh, Clemson and FSU duking and it out. It, it might be a situation where the committee looks at it and is like, you know what, dude? This might be still one of the best matchups that we can get in the playoffs. He still might be one of the, the two of the top four teams, even it, even though they just played and people aren't going to really want to see it again right. outside of that fan base. It's, it's just like Jacob was talking about, it's, it might be the situation where. One of them wins that last week, November 25th. Committee's like, you know what? Y'all are still top four teams. Y'all are both playing again. They, they play each other again in the playoff. And now you got a situation where it's, can you beat them twice? So, uh, yeah, it's going to be fun to watch. And um, like you said, as long as they can go without overlooking some of these other teams, especially for Michigan and then not uh, slipping up on something silly. Yeah, I think especially that last week of the year is gonna be incredible watching that football game and and then see what transpires afterwards.
1: Yeah. And imagine when the Big Ten goes away with divisions like a lot of conferences are. Like it'll be the Big Ten championship will be Ohio State Michigan more than likely a lot of years, even though they played the week before. And so they could easily play three times. Like that would just be even crazier in my mind. Mm -hmm. They could play back to back weeks and then wait a month play again. I mean, so, look, we've seen
0: it in the playoff with the SEC and two teams playing each other. So, you know what? If if there's yep. going to be a different conference this year, I'd say it's this one between Ohio State, and Michigan, and then they said maybe throw Penn State in there. So, well, guys, um, been a long time coming. We've hit all the the major conferences with the previews, and we're uh, we're on to week one. So, um, our next episode is going to be coming out later this week. We're going to have previews for all the games, um, coming out um, a lot of games Thursday saturday sunday and even into monday so we'll be doing some predictions everyone's going to be predicting the top 25 uh whoever the top 25 teams are that's the games we're going to be we're going to be picking so we're going to keep track of that all year for you guys and we'll figure out what uh last place is going to have to do at some point but uh appreciate you guys listening appreciate <laughs> yeah. the support and uh we'll see you guys later on this week for uh for week one man call it, we're here guys we made it football's here we made it we did we no here, call <laughs> here football. we are
2: Time for some games. All right, boys. See y'all next time. Take
0: care.